Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned with Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us. Now let's get started. Today I am lucky to be with Lydia. Here she's going to help us to understand what's going on after a breakup. And also she is a dating coach. She's going to help us to unleash all these dating secrets or whatever she wants to share with us today about dating. And she's a certified breaking master. She helps people to overcome heartache after a breakup. And she has a unique process with her one-to-one and group coaching workshops that she runs to to ha- help people to have amazing relationships and move on after a breakup and learn from it, making sure that this is not going to happen again. So welcome, Lydia. Thank you. Hi. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> to start with, I would like you to, I would like to invite you to share with our listeners your personal experience with heartbreak and how you began to to heal uh, through your journey, healing journey. Definitely, yeah. So, of course, I, like probably many listeners, have experienced many forms of heartbreak, whether it's heartbreak from a person that I dated a little bit and then things didn't work out, whether it was heartbreak from a longer term relationship or heartbreak from losing friendships even, and then even heartbreak for myself, because oftentimes when you go through heartbreak through another person, there's also moments of feeling heartbroken for yourself. And in my case, this especially is what I felt after my most recent breakup, which is which was a little over one year ago. And I walked away from somebody who was just not the right fit for me. At the end of the day, we were not a good compatible match. And he didn't meet me at the same level of wanting to make it work. And that was when I knew that I had to, yeah, like own my power, love myself enough to walk away. But the months leading up to that, I think I kind of created some heartbreak for myself because I really was like, I was acting from this really anxious place, right? I was like trying to control, trying to convince, trying to people please. And so in that heartbreak of that relationship slowly disseminating, I also felt heartbreak for myself. But I think I needed at the end of the day that process too. So by the time I did walk away, I wouldn't recommend delaying if if you feel like it's right, but there is like a time period where I understand you want to make it work because you love that person and you want to have conversations with them. And I know this is something you and your partner do in your business, like really helping couples meet that at that point. And I do think it's possible, but after a certain point, you have to really have that conversation and say, is this in our highest good now? Have we like given it all we can? And with that knowledge, can we continue to go on and be at peace in this relationship ultimately? And I felt like the answer was no. So those, all these experiences of heartbreak that I've gone through 
have taught me so much about resiliency, have taught me so much about my capacity for love because I've been heartbroken many times, not just being rejected, but also doing the being the one who breaks up with people that can feel heartbreaking also. And we forget about that part. It's just Mm -hmm. as hard for the person doing the breaking up with. And yeah, I think after all my heartbreaks, you would think that I would then feel jaded about love or jaded about the idea of a healthy and happy relationship. But I, I don't, I think every experience is a lesson and maybe that has to do with my healing process. So when I heal from these heartbreaks, I really, I take my time, but I, I I work on myself and I rebuild my life and my confidence and I focus on my dreams and my goals And then I get really clear on like what didn't work and what did work from those situations and how can I take that into the next relationship. And actually it makes me feel more prepared for my next relationship. And so if we can, it's really all about our mindset, right? And let yourself feel the pain of heartbreak in the moment. I always honor, let yourself feel all of those feelings, but it is definitely possible to come back from that more strong and more loving than ever before that's right I love I love everything you said and I definitely, <laughs> I definitely resonated Livia with what you said about it can be harder sometimes it can be even harder to leave your partner rather than to be left it can be harder to be the one that has to end up the relationship to say this is the end that can be heart, uh, heartbreaking itself, really. It's the toughest thing to do, I personally. <laughs> Definitely, that was my experience with my first partner. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, it's difficult. Yeah. And that's right. And I also love what you said. You hit the nail. To feel the feelings, the, to feel the feelings, to heal them. To allow yourself to feel the feelings, to heal them. Normally, we want to run away, right? Get distracted, avoid them, get, you know. But there's no way out. It's the, the way is through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what happens also is those feelings will come up anyway. Exactly. If that's what people have learned through experiences and people that I meet, like I see this a lot in people who come to my workshops, they thought that they dealt with it, but really they just avoided it or distracted themselves. And then years or months later, they're not where they wanted to be. And that also, there's so many other factors that go into that too. But at the end of the day, it's just because I don't think they fully healed or accepted what happened. That's right. That's right. So I'm curious, Lydia, to know what are the common emotions that people tend to experience after a heartbreak and how could they navigate them how could they navigate through them definitely yeah so there's i'd say there's two very common emotions after heartbreak well the first is sadness and depression and that usually comes like pretty quickly after heartbreak it's the it's a point that comes after you're noticing you wake up the next day perhaps after realizing that you just went through a breakup or heartbreak and first you're going into a bit of shock about it and denial 
you're questioning, did that even happen? Especially if that person was a key part of your life. Like, especially if you lived with your partner and you like shared so much together and then you go through heartbreak and the next day you're waking up in your friend's house, like that's going to be a shock to your system. And so in that moment, what you really need to do is go back to the basics when you're feeling that immediate kind of heartbreak, just take care of your basic needs, like brush your teeth, <laughs> take a shower, eat food, go outside for a walk, um, get, make sure you're trying to get sleep and always come back to your breath. So it's going to feel shocking at first, but just like always come back to taking those deep breaths. And then when you feel the sadness and depression, this is often an area that, you know, I want to validate if there's certain days where the best you can do is brush your teeth because you're so in the pain of that heartbreak. That's okay. I don't want you to be there forever. And I want you to hear this message that you will be okay. And that there is hope on the other side, but loss of a breakup is really similar to actually not very similar. It is the same as feeling grief over losing somebody to death. And so the body and the brain almost doesn't know the difference between if somebody is lost to like dying or just lost of a breakup. And sometimes that can be harder for us to reconcile because we know that person is existing, but that makes it feel even more painful. So I just want to say like, when you're feeling that sadness, like have a good cry, you know, watch like your comfort movies, be with people though, that you love and trust. That is that, that time of that breakup is really the time to, humble yourself and recognize that you don't need to do this alone. And that if you have one or two people that like you trust and love, that's more than enough. Reach out to them, please. Like they want to be there for you. I used to have this mentality of I can handle things on my own. I can coach myself through things. No, <laughs> like I needed to reach out to people and that's to your friends if you need like a therapist or a coach I really recommend doing that because that can give you like more practical tools for like supporting your healing process and then with your friends it's really just about having that safe place to to be and to feel and to have people hold you emotionally physically that's so powerful and then the next common emotion is anger and this is something that I used to feel really uncomfortable with. I know probably a lot of women, especially there's like this relationship to anger. That's I find really fascinating, but this is a really healthy emotion to feel after a breakup. And as long as you're not using it against other people, like that's where anger becomes really toxic and dangerous. Of course, when you're projecting that onto other people, but if you're feeling that emotion and honoring that, whether it's through, screaming like I know some people here process anger by going into the woods and screaming that's great like go let out that energy your body is literally telling you that it needs to release it uh, practice breath work and scream into your pillow write journal and like write angry letters that's what I did too and don't send them but if you need to let things out, just imagine you're reading that out loud to your ex. Like if they made you anger, angry, honor that because the more you hold on to it and like, I'm a huge believer in forgiveness, but before you reach that point of forgiveness, you got to let yourself release the anger. 
and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that they were, I think we think of feeling anger has to feel like this person was horrible, you know, like they were a cheater or they were abuser, but it could just be like they angered you because you thought you were going to share a life together. That's worthy of feeling anger too. And so let yourself feel it. I like that. That's right. We need to feel it to heal it. And the anger can be channeled to create something beautiful out of something that sometimes we judge as something bad. But what if actually that could be the best thing that could happen to you? That breakup. We may not see it. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I was thinking of my landlord a few years ago when I broke up with one of my ex. I left him myself. And and I was just not wanting to be with anyone. I was just isolating myself in the room. So I did completely the opposite that you mentioned. I just wanted to be alone. I was angry with the whole world. And I was moving houses. And my new landlord was there to, to give me a chance. And I didn't want to chat, but he really lifted me from hell. So oh. yeah, I like what you said. Just stay with people, your friends who love you, that you can trust. Yeah, it's that balance. I think that's it's important to have some time alone, but we can get in the habit of just like, yeah, like in your example, shutting the world away. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna help you. Yeah. Okay. So how about when people break up and they have their self-esteem, if they have any self-esteem left, you know, they don't have confidence after the significant heartbreak. How can people mm-hmm. reveal all that? Oh, that's such a good question, Rebecca. And this is something I talk about in my workshops a lot because this is one of the biggest barriers and obstacles I see with people when it comes to moving on and moving forward is low self-esteem. And I think especially if they were the ones that were broken up with, we get into a, a spiral in our minds of I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. There's somebody better out there that they're going to meet and fall in love with. Um, we start to microanalyze all of these little things that we did and go back in our mind as if like we could change the past. Like what if I had done this, then they would have stayed. And we just go into this whole spiral. And then we also get into the trap of comparison, of course, with social media, with our friends. If we're broken up with and we just see everybody around us, then what we feel we don't know everybody's story, but from the outside, we feel like everybody else is in a happy partnership. <laughs> then that's also going to a lot of the times make you make people feel like very low self-esteem. Well, why is everybody else still with their partners and I'm not? And what does that say about me? And so first, I, of course, just want to validate this is very normal, but I don't want anybody to stay here. I want you to use this breakup and use this heartbreak as a way to love yourself so deeply. And so the first thing that I would say is write down and actually no, before you do this, reach out again to the people that you really love and trust and feel safe with and ask them how they see you. Ask them what they love about you. 
So first, I think that will help you to hear in this moment and they'll tell you, right? Like I actually, I've done this before. Like what, how do you see me? I think I did this experiment a couple of years ago when I was, um, when I was navigating some personal things and to read these beautiful, thoughtful paragraphs, it gave me such a boost because this was from people who like really knew me and were giving me this loving, thoughtful response. And then I want you to find that for yourself. So I want you to make a list, write down all the things that you love about yourself, physically, emotionally, like everything that you like, all the experiences you've done, right? So write it all down, put that on your fridge, put it on your mirror, look at that every single day, and say it out loud, say it in your head when you're walking, like, yeah, I'm an amazing, loving person. I'm a good friend. I am really good at my job. I have taken risks in my life and learned about myself. Like, I can just feel that energy in my body when I say things like that, right? So just do that to build up your self-esteem. That's right. I love it. Yes. Just do it. Don't overthinking. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think that keeps people from moving on after heartbreak? Yeah. So, of course, like, self-esteem is a big one. Another big one is the fear of being alone or starting over. Um, yeah. I, you're nodding your head. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Many people have fear of breaking up. Even when they see and they know that this is the best thing for both of them, and maybe for another third party or two third parties out there waiting for them to meet them, they just don't mm-hmm. want to break up because they have abandonment issues. And mm-hmm. so, and, and also a long, loneliness issues. Yeah. I want to know more about this. What, what is it that keeps people stuck? Mm. What I'm, it's such a good question because I'm also noticing this element in 2023, especially, and this is what I'm trying to change as a dating coach as well. I'm trying to change our mindset and the way we look at dating because I think it's gotten really negative. And I think that socially, the social narrative around dating now is not very hopeful. So I think that also very plants these seeds in people's minds when they're going through heartbreak or wanting to break up and all they're hearing from a lot of people on social media or in their friend groups are yeah you don't want to know what it's like dating like you don't want to know what it's like out here and that's like planting this seed of terror and fear and I'll identify there's there's challenges in dating certainly in 2023 there always has been challenges though and this is a really dangerous trap of over romanticizing the past Like human beings are just, we're naturally complex. And of course, with the added element of technology and dating apps, there's, there's a new layer of complexity that's added. But I, my mindset is this just gives us a different perspective and a new opportunity to look at the way in which we connect to ourselves and others and see it's all about your mindset in this, but people get so influenced by their, their groups and social media and hear these stories about how dating is hard and I think that really keeps people trapped in well maybe this is the best I can get (laughs) like I don't want to start over and get into this um get, get into this hell pool of dating as everybody's telling me 
But again, that comes right back down to our beliefs and our mindset. And if that's what you start to believe, you'll probably create it. But that's not necessarily the reality. Because the reality is there's going to be a lot of people out there who won't be good for you. But there's so many people out here seeking authentic connection and who have gone through heartbreak and are ready for another chance at love. Why do we have all these shows about it? We like watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette and like all these love shows are all about that message too. So we just have to come back to that. And then there's just this idea of starting over. And I think this is a trap that people feel when they've been in a relationship with somebody for a long time like a few years, five years, 10 years, and breaking up with somebody really feels like starting over. And in a way it is like, that's actually can be fuel for an exciting energy. Like, oh, this is a fresh start. Uh, I'm rebuilding. But there's this hesitancy with starting over and dating. And what I want to say is you're not starting over. You've just had 10 years of a relationship. Like you have so much experience and knowledge and wisdom from that. And just because you're going on first dates with new people, it doesn't mean you're starting over because you now have this whole experience in your love life that's going to make you, like, it's different from somebody who hasn't had 10 years of experience, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Specific mindset shifts, reframing techniques. You know, is there anything like this? That was my next question. You've said it all already. To move forward. (laughs) That's right. Rather than just being scared of the, the dating pool, right? Um, yeah. But also full of lovely people. I'm just thinking of a, a guy who who was here a couple of months ago with his ex now. They're going through divorce. And he was just crying like a little boy, you know, like he was like making a big thing of this breakup. When you see these things super out of proportion, of proportion, that must be something else. That was the abandonment issues, really. And after I did a one-to-one uh, final session with him, after a couple of months, so actually this week, I'm in Spain. I received a message from him on WhatsApp. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. He had a, an amazing, super lovely picture with a new woman. And I'm like, oh, wow. okay, good. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my okay. gosh. I could never ever think before, I could have never ever think before that I could be this happy, that I could have not even imagined. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for these people that go through the breakup with, um, in, in the right way, you know, with love and compassion, like you were saying, with the right mindset, new mindset, learning from the breakup so this doesn't happen again. And yeah, I mean, everyone here and here, Lydia, it is possible. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, definitely. And if you do the healing, like you will. Oh my gosh. I love that story too, Rebecca, because it's true. Like I think you're, we self-sabotage. And what happens when you overcome these mindset and energetic blocks is you attract something like, like a step like so many steps up, like more than you even like can imagine. But that's the part of the work is actually like imagining it as like an actual thing that can happen as a really realistic thing that you can attract, you can attract something that's even better and more loving and healthy and happy than your previous relationship when you do the work, or else 
if you have this kind of idea that there's no good connections out there, what what's ironic about that is, yeah, that's what you attract. You kind of subconsciously lower your standards because then you'll like be dating people and maybe you'll just like accept the bare minimum because you're like, oh, but this is the best connection that I can find. But what I will want to say is dating it's funny that we don't look at it also like other areas of our life. Like I actually kind of compare it to fitness, right? You can't expect to go to the gym on your first time and have a bunch of muscle. Like you just, you can't, you have to practice consistency, right? And you have to build that muscle over time. And over time you see those slow and steady results. You feel different in your energy and then you feel, yeah, you're like achieving those goals. And it's the same with dating. You have to put your reps in. You have to build your confidence. You have to maybe go on some dates that are like so-so, but keep going. Like take some time for yourself. Like make sure dating is also one piece of your beautiful life. Like you're dedicating time and energy, but you're also dedicating time and energy to your friends and dedicating time and energy to your hobbies. And then you make time for maybe like one date a week. So then it doesn't feel like, you're just overexerting all of this energy, but you're still dedicating. If love is what you want, you will have to make time for it. But it's another beautiful area of your life. That's right. I love it. So mm-hmm. how do you think that people can reveal trust in themselves and others to move on, to start dating again? Ooh, that's such a good question. Trust, I think... You can really trust first by first reminding yourself that you've been through hard things before and now you're here and you've overcome that. So you will be okay again if something were to happen. And to recognize that none of us are 100% ready for anything. And you can trust by making a decision. It's more a decision more than a feeling like that. The, uh, the kind of decision to move on and move forward and date, that's a decision. And to be convicted in that versus, oh, I just don't know if I feel like I'm ready. You have to decide you're ready. And then your actions will will match that because your your mindset is like, I'm ready for this and I'm going to align all these different steps. And this is like what you can also do with like a coach like me. Like I can support you in that process of that accountability and in that process of mapping out something that works for you but you can trust by taking just one step at a time and and holding yourself to your own standards this time so if you go into the dating world again and you you recognize that in the past maybe you didn't communicate something that you were looking for and you were more like go with the flow because you didn't want to seem a certain way. You didn't want to seem too needy or too pushy. Then maybe this time you look at it differently and you say, well, I have done the work on myself. I know what I'm worth. And if somebody asks me to go with the flow, I'm going to say that doesn't work for me. And you're not going to be scared about that because or like mad about it. You're just going to respect that that's what that person wants, but it's not something that's going to work with you because you want to date somebody who is just as intentional as you. So that means like when I ask somebody what they're looking for, if I don't hear that they're looking for a 
long-term committed relationship and they want to find that with the right person, then no, no hard feelings. Then like, I wish you all the best. And I'm not scared of losing them because I know that there will be another person who matches that quality. And that's the, the standard that I hold to myself. So I'm not just dating and looking for good chemistry and compatibility. I'm also looking for somebody who wants this in their life. And I trust, that's how I trust myself because I, I don't, I don't fall back into old patterns. I like come back to myself in these moments and I say, what do I want different now? And I take that action and oh my gosh, it feels amazing. Then I'm like, yeah, now I can trust myself to hold myself to that standard. Right. That's right. <laughs> I got a challenging question, Lydia. Okay. <laughs> How can someone reveal trust with their partners mm. after having after heartbreak due to catching them being unfaithful? Ooh. Yeah, this is such an interesting question. I think So if their partner is like unfaithful to them, then first back to the first step is always like letting yourself feel that hurt and letting yourself acknowledge like that hurt and that was not what I wanted and that's not that doesn't feel good. And if you need, maybe communicate to your partner. And if you do need like a little bit of space right after you hear that message, like maybe you take that to just process it and reflect, communicate that to your partner. Don't just like run away. And then I would say, okay, then I would like get, have them get curious with their partner. Like what, and if you need, of course, to do that with like a coach or a therapist, that can be extremely helpful to have that like more objective, neutral party to mediate that. Um, because I feel like emotions can feel really heavy, but maybe that's why you also need some space so that you come into that conversation, not very emotionally charged, right? So you just process, write down your thoughts, you go into that conversation and you get curious with them, like what, like why, what prompted that, you know, like what what were you seeking? And if you're with a partner who is very much like committed to you and like wants to be with you and wants to make it work, then you're going to have to rebuild trust by taking a bit of a leap of faith in it because trust also is a bit of a decision and then identifying with them, okay, what is going to be different this time? Like, how, like maybe it's just rebuilding trust with certain actions and getting them on the same page of that with you. But it's going to be a process and eventually you're just going to have to decide that you trust them again. I don't think that there's always this necessarily magical moment, um, but to be gentle with yourself also. It's okay to like let it be a process as long as you and your partner communicate the whole time and talk about it and maybe to identify this might seem a little controversial but I know Esther Perel right she's like a really popular psychotherapist she talks about cheating and unfaithfulness in a very nuanced way where you know a lot of the responsibility and ownership definitely is on 
the person who did the cheating 100%. And this is going to seem interesting to some people. I used to not believe this, but when I started listening to her about it, I kind of changed my mindset a little bit. But the person who was cheated on, there's a bit of responsibility there too. It's not to say that you're to blame for the cheating whatsoever, but oftentimes, like, we are also not meeting that partner's needs or we're not meeting something that they perhaps, like, needed or wanted at a really important time. And so it's just to acknowledge and have that conversation, like, how can, not like, what did I do, but how can I also continue to be a better partner for you? And maybe I didn't cheat on you, but maybe... I was rejected something about you and I didn't even know. And then that's why they, that triggered something in them over time to then seek out another person. Right. So again, not to put the blame on you necessarily, but to acknowledge that a partnership is very, Ooh, you're just so influenced by each other. And to notice like there's different ways of hurting people. And it's not just cheating. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I loved your answer, really. I mean, I understand that this can be controversial for some people. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Definitely, there's no blame. There's only responsibility, right? And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I often ask people in this situation. Obviously, not everyone is welcome this question. <laughs> and this could be the last thing that they hear from me. But definitely, I mean, what could you be grateful for that that other third person? Because that other person he definitely helped the partner that cheated to meet some needs that they were not meeting. Oh, oh my gosh, Rebecca, that's an interesting question. Yeah, in the same line of what you said, Lydia. So it can be challenging. It can feel quite uncomfortable uh, yeah. and it's necessarily to move on graciously and rather than like a big team power powerless big team that is heading towards another relationship which is gonna end up in the same way mm -hmm. so yeah your answer Lydia thank you well done uh -huh. um, <laughs> and I got another question what advice do you have for some who is hesitant to open themselves up to love again after this it's pretty heartbreak wow yeah great question i think to use this heartbreak as 100 a lesson and an experience to learn from an experience that made you stronger and if you felt heartbreak that means that you felt love that you felt those emotions and those feelings and that you were also hope like there was a time that you before you met this person or you were in a relationship that you felt very content and fulfilled and that you can harness those feelings again and that if you felt loved before then it 100% is out there with somebody else And that also you are a part of that equation. So you were, you contributed to the energy of that relationship too. It wasn't just the other person. And oftentimes like in heartbreak, we, that's a big 
question is like, yeah, you wonder if you'll find love again because you felt it so strongly with that person. But what I want to say is you're a part of that love. Like you brought that energy to that relationship too. So if that's in you and there's somebody like you out there, then there most certainly is somebody else like you who is going through heartbreak and has a lot of love to give. And so to notice yourself in the world. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious and I want to, I, I feel compelled to ask you, Lydia, an extra question if you want. It's about which three dating tips, dating tips could you give us? For our listeners who are right now in the dating pool, the dating process, which are the three dating tips that you could give them? Sure. So the first dating tip that I have is to identify how you want to feel around somebody. And so I would make a list of like the top five feelings that you want to feel around somebody. For example, maybe you want to feel respected. Maybe you want to feel passionate. Maybe you want to feel playful. Maybe you want to feel understood, right? Just like get clear on those top core feelings. Because oftentimes we make a checklist in all of these other ways, but I think tapping into the feelings is is more important because you kind of, you let go of how this person has to look or what job they have to have or all of these other factors that don't matter as much as how you feel around somebody. And so I would get clear on that. And once you have that list, ensure that you're doing everything you can to feel that in your own life until you meet that person. And that's that energy that's magnetizing because when you're feeding yourself in those ways, like, and creating that energy within you, you're just going to attract it so much faster. I really believe in that. So that's the first tip. The second tip is to have a variety of ways that you feel you could potentially meet somebody. So use the apps if you want, you don't have to, but the apps are a tool in addition to a many, many other ways. Um, and you can certainly find love on the apps. Like the apps are a reflection of just our world. There's going to be people on the apps that want to just hook up. There's going to be people on the apps who are looking for something really casual. And there's going to be people on the apps who are looking for a partner. It's the same in the real world. There's people in the real world who want hookups, people who want. And so just use the apps as a tool. But other tips that I have for meeting people are just like saying yes to more things in life like going to different events. If a friend invites you to go to this party or a karaoke night or whatever, and not thinking always like, oh, like I'm going to meet my partner here. Like, but just keeping an open mind of different connections that you meet. Like maybe you meet a new friend and that's a beautiful experience to like, to feed into the love for yourself. And maybe that friend later on introduces you to somebody, right? And Don't be afraid when you're in your day-to-day to have conversations with all the people that you encounter, with the people who work at the coffee shop, with the people in the grocery store. Like, look people in the eyes. And if you feel a connection with people, like, don't be afraid to, yeah, to ask them, like, oh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Like, would you be open to just meeting for coffee? And I think we get so in our heads about rejection and 
Like, what are they going to think? But you can't do it with the expectation of an outcome. Just do it because you enjoyed that conversation. And the worst they can say is like, I have a boyfriend or I have a girlfriend. And then, you know, (laughs) you know, so I just, my tip for that is just be open to the different avenues that you can meet people. Say yes to more things, go to events, ask your friends if like all the people in your life, like, Hey, do you have a friend that's single? Like, would you be open to like setting us up? Like I'm kind of, I'm looking to meet somebody like own what you want. We get so like scared to say that we're looking for a relationship sometimes I think because it seems a little bit like desperate or whatever but like it's so attractive to know what you want and to put that out there in the world not that you're like in a desperate rush but this is I'm happy with my life but I also would like a relationship that's such a beautiful thing to state the third tip that I have is kind of goes with that tip like just pour into your life in all the ways, like try new things, try new experiences, invest in your hobbies and in your passions and your goals, like be the partner that you want to attract, you want to attract into. Yeah. I love it. Well, uh, thank you, Lydia, for your dating tips. They are going to be very helpful, I'm sure, for some of our clients Mm. at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, so well done for this. Thank you so much for the view, dating tips, heartbreak tips as well, how to move on. How can people find you, connect with you, contact you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people can reach out to me over email, healwithlydia at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at healwithlydia. And you can email me, reach out to me. Uh, I have a number of different programs that I support people with, whether you're moving on from heartbreak or you just feel anxious in love and dating and you're having all of these fears and doubts. Like I support people also in that process to, to tap deeper into their sense of self-worth and confidence so that they can attract a happy and healthy relationship. So that's something that I am also really passionate about helping people through and yeah I'm just there also if you just want to chat perfect I I have another question that I wanted to ask you but I forgot <laughs> before I ask okay. you how people can contact you can I please it's yeah, a, of course. a question that people ask me all the time I want to ask an expert in dating okay. what do you think about rotational dating oh Good question. Yeah, like kind of roster dating, I suppose, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like dating multiple people at once. Exactly. Yes. I, yeah, this is also something I changed my mind on in the most like recent years. I used to feel like a lot of <laughs> women do this too. Like, oh, I can only focus on one person at a time. Like that's all I have emotion for. I get so excited about one person, so I can't really, like, think about everybody else. So what I would say to that is I'm a big fan of rotational dating. I think it's really healthy. I think it's really important in the in the early stages of meeting people and being open to love because of a few reasons. Because you're 
you're opening yourself up to multiple options. You're learning about different types of people, different types of fits. You're letting that organic process of dating meet over, like build over time versus falling in lust and just like getting so, you know, like that's the danger with that is like maybe you meet somebody and you feel like you have this amazing connection and then you put them on a pedestal. Um, and then for maybe some reason for, a lot of reasons, actually, it just doesn't work, it might not work out. And then you feel hopeless, because you haven't been trying to date other people or get to know other people at the same time. And actually dating other people in a funny way, it actually helps you put that person on a pedestal less, because you're not putting so much energy and time into that one person. And so people are like, well, I don't, I barely have time to date one person. How am I going to date like two or three? I don't, it doesn't mean that you're like seeing these people every day. That's actually a good thing. It makes you like less available and gives you more space and time to assess who's the best fit and to see how people, how you show up for them, what you're feeling, and then how they show up for you. Right. So it's, it's a beautiful thing to do in the first, like, especially those first couple months. And when you'll know when you're on the same page with somebody as you move along and you're ready to be more exclusive then you don't ha- then you don't need to rotational date but in those like early stages I'm a huge believer in it i love it have you ever done that rotational dating yes <laughs> what was your experience it's, no it's so good because it's funny there might be there will be likely per- somebody that you are the most excited about definitely because we're that's human na- nature But I think it helped me to be like less, um, yeah, like if I'm dating one person and I'm so excited about them, then I have this sense of like anxiety almost and like a scarcity mindset. But when I'm like dating them, but also dating multiple people and letting myself know multiple people, I feel like my energy is not so much focused on this person and I can make clearer decisions too because that's the other thing is sometimes there's something in psychology called the halo effect and it's like when you um, based off of the first impression of somebody and you see a couple of great qualities then you make this overall assessment that they're an amazing person and so you kind of have these like blinders on and we do that with people we're excited about um definitely we think that Yeah, we think that, oh, like they they had this and this amazing quality. And so that means that they're the person for me without giving it like the space and some time to really assess that and evaluate that. But that's why dating other multiple people gives you that space and that time, right? So yeah, I think it's really important to um, to let yourself be excited about people, sure. But also I think that's we've lost the art of like curiosity and dating and like understanding that there's going to be a time period that like, yeah, this person seems great, but I'm still getting to know them and I'm still learning about them. And that, that mindset helps when you're also doing that with other people. And so that's been my experience. It's great. It's like, then I'm, then maybe I give other people a bit more of like some time to build that connection. And I realize, Oh, actually I really like this person too. Maybe they're a better fit for me in the long term than I thought this person was. Right? That's right. 
Yeah, I, 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 I kid you. <laughs> I tried rotational dating a lot of years ago when I didn't know that this was rotational dating. My dad used to say, go out with a lot of friends, but don't commit to any until you've seen everything. And then you get to choose. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, especially as like a woman, like a feminine, if you're working on your feminine energy, like especially is that because like you're the prize. That's right. That's right. And you get to be to feel cherished and celebrated all the time. You boost your self-esteem. And like you're saying, you are the prize. So why choosing any, the first one that comes? You're not desperate. You have so much variety to choose. And so you can mm -hmm. make a better choice. I love it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I find this particularly good, Lydia, for people who tend to be more anxious. They would just... Yes get emotionally attached easy to, to any person. Yes. And so that this is very useful for these people, don't you think? Oh, 100%. This is exactly what like I teach my clients and the people I work with, or just even on my social media, this is such a good new action to take if you're anxious and, or just lean anxious in your attachment. Because yeah, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. And you're not as like emotionally invested in one person too early on. Right. And it helps with like, yeah, it helps with like protecting yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. I love what you said before. It helps us to not to put that bar, that potential partner on a pedestal and, yes. and to see the red flags, to, to buy time, to compare, <laughs> to see what's in the market. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Do you think that, what do you think about non-committal people, Lydia? Do you know, you may know that in this in the dating pool, there are a lot of non-committal people. How about this rotational dating? I just think that it's like a toy for non-committal people. They know they're oh. not committed anyway. So this is an amazing play game. Oh, man. That's such a good point. I mean, yeah, of course. It can be used by non-committal people, and it can be used when you're, really intentionally seeking partnership I think like maybe and that's maybe what the belief is too like when you start to think oh rotational dating that means I'm like not committing whereas like I think it's all about your intention and your mindset and back to like that self-trust and being so rooted in like your own your own beliefs and your own desires and if you truly desire a romantic partnership and you're firm in knowing that about yourself then you'll rotational date with a different energy, right? Then you won't be, then you will be breaking things off with people when it doesn't feel right anymore. And you won't be keeping them along just because there's an easy connection to keep along. That's the energy of somebody who's non-committal is like, no, once they know that somebody's maybe not right for them, or they, they have no interest in moving things further or getting to know them, but this person is fun and nice and, like, I like having sex with them, so I'm just going to keep them along. That's the energy of non-committal. This is, you're giving a little bit of that space and time to get to know people. And then as soon as you feel like it's not the right fit, you say, hey, like, I've loved getting to know you. And then you're still dating other people at the same time, like, to continue to assess the pool and, like, what's out there and the potential for you. Because not everybody's going to be a match. No, that's right. But yeah, you see that difference in the energy, like, and so like, I just want to make that clear. Like, if you know that you're seeking a partnership, 
then like just believe in that and you, you won't be stringing people along and for sure there's people who use it who are non-committal but um you'll be able to when you're like more healed and you're dating you'll be able to just like notice that and like say no to that if that's not what you're looking for i love that yeah definitely when you feel you have learned from a relationship that you cannot call anymore a failing relationship because you have healed from it yeah. and you've learned so much now you can yeah. actually go to the dating pool but identifying the red flags definitely yes i love it yeah wow this was a powerful <laughs> podcast yeah. I love it. thank you so much Lydia. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, please contact me. Yeah. If you want to go into the dating pool with confidence, with self-love, compassion for yourself, for other people, and for your ex. And move on from a heartbreak. Definitely heal yourself. Heal your relationship with your uh, partner uh, or ex-partner. So you're not attached emotionally anymore. And also for your children will be hard. Because isn't it true, Lydia? This is another point that I have mentioned. That when people break up, if they don't do their inner work, they are still emotionally attached to their ex-partner. And that's why we give oh. cycles. And again, oh, again, the same person with a different face. Yeah, they're so emotionally attached. And perhaps, like, you're still going back and forth to your ex and still, like, giving all these chances. Like, maybe it will work this time. But no. And, like... Yeah, no. If if your ex is still in your life because you have shared kids or something, like, that's different. You might need to talk a little bit here and there. But you'll know the difference of, like, just an ex who's that, that connection in your life because you share kids and you're just communicating about the kids and that kind of thing. But it's a different energy when you're bringing those emotions into it, right? So um, we have to be very careful at that point with our hearts. And it feels tempting and easy to go back because our brain is seeking that dopamine hit. Exactly. And it wants associated that with like that person. Just seek dopamine hits with like other things, right? With a good workout class, with like traveling, like find other avenues instead of going back to your ex. That's right. Yeah. Okay, Lydia, thank you so much. I have squeezed you a little bit. Sorry, the time. I, oh, I have that's... more questions. Keep coming. The teachers no, are I love it. Me. I'm like, okay, now <laughs> maybe do another one next time. Okay, Lydia, thank you so much. And we edit this and share it everywhere. So yeah. wonderful. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This was so much fun. Sure. <laughs> Okay, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining us. And please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review. Who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message? Share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life. See you on the next episode.